For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part 14 of the series. Now, after Yeshua explained to the Pharisees in John chapter 10, verse 16, that he has another sheepfold, that would be the northern kingdom or Ephraim or the ten tribes, besides the sheepfold that he's speaking to, that would be the house of Judah, the southern kingdom, the Jewish people, or the Pharisees, he says that there's going to be one fold and one shepherd, that there's going to be uniting of the two sheepfolds, the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he is going to be the good shepherd over them. What Yeshua links with this thought in John chapter 10 verse 17 is, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life. Yeshua is explaining to the Pharisees that he is going to die. He's going to lay down his life for the ultimate result of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Pharisees are blinded that the Messiah needs to die or lay down his life to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, when Yeshua said that he's going to lay down his life for the purpose of gathering the 12 tribes of Israel, in John chapter 10 and verse 19 through 21, this is a response. There was a division, therefore, among the Jews for these sayings, that he's the Messiah, that he has another sheepfold besides the house of Judah or the Jewish people, this other sheepfold, which he's obviously referring to the 10 tribes, the Northern Kingdom or Ephraim, that they're going to hear his voice. They're going to believe on him that in explaining this to the Pharisees or the Jews, there was a division. And now we're going to see the responses from hearing Yeshua's testimony of who he is. Many of them, he has a devil and is mad. Why hear him? Now that is prophetic because because those who won't accept that Yeshua has another sheepfold, that is the northern kingdom, that is Ephraim, that is separate and distinct from the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people. And he's going to gather the northern kingdom or Ephraim, and this would be the non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah, and he's going to unite them or make them one with the house of Judah. Those who will not accept Ephraim being a part of the house of Jacob and will not accept Ephraim being non-Jews, the prophecy here is the accusation that's going to be made is that's a demonic teaching. And don't even go and listen to people who make the claim that the northern kingdom today is not Jewish and that they're believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. So in the division, that was one reaction that was prophesied. And then the other reaction in John chapter 10 verse 21, others said, these are not the words of 
him that has a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And so to many, when they realize that Yeshua is the lawgiver, that there's one lawgiver that is able to save, James chapter 4 and verse 12, in that loving Yeshua and keeping his commandments, John chapter 14 verse 15, is following his Torah. And they realize that Yeshua died to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And they understand how that is related and associated to them being believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. When they see Yeshua in the Torah and see how who he is in the Torah is linked to him dying on the tree, which is linked to his role in the second coming to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. When one first sees all these things, their eyes become open and they now see the Bible as one book and they know how to express their faith in Yeshua as the Messiah by keeping his commandments and following his Torah. Their eyes are opened and they don't respond. Now, wait a second. That is a demonic teaching that you are saying that the northern kingdom or Ephraim are non-Jews and that a significant number of non-Jews who are linked with the northern kingdom, who are a part of the 10 tribes that believe on Yeshua, that their eyes have now become open regarding who Yeshua is, how you relate your faith to him and who they are. It's not the devil that opened up those eyes. It was the spirit of God. It was Yeshua himself who caused those eyes to be opened. And so therefore, how can we say that in doing this miracle of opening up our spiritual eyes to see who Yeshua really is in his redemptive work, how can you then say that that is the devil? You can't. The northern kingdom was initially taken captive by the Assyrians. Second Kings chapter 15 and verse 29. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglat-Pileser, king of Assyria, and he took various cities, and among them that are mentioned, Gilead and Galilee, all the land of Natali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Now, this is the first of three stages of taking of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom, they were taken captive by the Babylonians. In 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 10 and verse 15, it is written, At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon, and the king's mothers, and the king's wives, and his officers, and the mighty of the land. Those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. In Hosea in chapter 1, we're told of a marriage that took place between Hosea the prophet and Gomer. And in telling us about this marriage, in Hosea chapter 1, we're told about three children that came from this marriage. In Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take you a wife of whoredom and children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, which conceived and bare him a son. The name of the first child is Jezreel. Hosea chapter 1 and verse 4. The Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. Now Jezreel means God will sow or God will scatter. In the name of these children in Hosea chapter 1 is prophetic of the judgment that would come upon the northern kingdom. So as a part of their judgment, they would be scattered into the nations of the world. In Hosea chapter 1 verse 6, the second child is named Lo Ruhama. Lo in Hebrew means not, Ruhama means mercy. So the second child is named No Mercy. The third child is named Loami in Hosea chapter 1 and verse 9. Then said God, call 
call his name Loami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Lo in Hebrew means not. Am in Hebrew means people. Ami means my people. So Loami means not my people. So the judgment that would come upon the northern kingdom is they're going to be scattered in the nations of the world. He's not going to show them mercy, and he's not going to regard them as his people. Now, that is a way of saying that he's going to cut them off from the covenant. And in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 8, we're told that the God of Israel divorced the northern kingdom. Now, after declaring no mercy and not my people, Hosea chapter 1 ends with words of comfort, with words of restoration. And Hosea chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, yet, even though I'm going to cause you to become not my people and not show you mercy, despite of this, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured. Now, when you hear that phrase, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, what comes to your mind, what should come to your mind is the promise that was made to Abraham, that his descendants would be as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the sea. So in other words, one way we can look at Hosea chapter 1 verse 10 is through the judgment that comes upon the northern kingdom, the God of Israel is going to fulfill his covenant promise that he made with Abraham. And it will come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people. Where is it said that you are not my people? Right here in the judgment that is being declared upon the northern kingdom. It was said that you are not my people. Lo, ami. That it will be said, you are the sons of the living God. Now, who is the son of the living God? Well, a son of the living God is one who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, as we can see in John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So this is a prophecy that is made under the northern kingdom that originally or initially they're going to be scattered in the nations of the world. They're going to have the spiritual status of not being his people. He's not going to show them mercy. But then later he's going to show them mercy. They are going to become his people in their return. And they're going to go from being not his people to being sons of the living God. This is a prophecy that descendants of the northern kingdom would become believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. That is what Yeshua is explaining to the Pharisees in John chapter 10 verse 16 when he says, other sheep I have. He's saying that the northern kingdom is his sheepfold. And he's saying that they are going to believe that he is the Messiah. They will hear my voice. Hearing his voice also means that they're going to follow his Torah. And so the fact that those of the northern kingdom will be believing in Yeshua as the Messiah is a fulfillment of the prophecy regarding this as we just looked at in Hosea in chapter 1. Now we're going to look at John in chapter 21 and we're going to get an understanding of why there was 153 fish that were caught. John chapter 21 verses 2 through 5 it is written, There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas and two of the other disciples. And Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with you. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Yeshua stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Yeshua. Then Yeshua said to them, children, have you any meat? And they answered, no. John chapter 21, verse 6 and verses 10 and 11. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And Yeshua said to them, 
Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Now, why are we told that there were a hundred and fifty-three fish that were caught? Well, this relates to what Yeshua is going to do to the disciples. He's going to commission them to go out into the nations of the world to proclaim that he is the Messiah, that in following him, you follow his Torah, and that he's going to end their exile and gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and bring them to the land of Israel. So those who will receive that message are being caught in the net of the disciples when they're going to be going out into the nations of the world. And then in the blessing that is given to Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, we're told in Genesis in chapter 48 and verse 16, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, that is Ephraim and Manasseh, and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And then it says in the King James, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Where we have the phrase grow into a multitude, what this says in the Hebrew is let them increase as fish in the earth. Well, because literally speaking, fish do not multiply and increase on land. They increase and multiply in water in the sea. This was not translated literally from the Hebrew. It was translated, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth where in the Hebrew it says, let them increase as fish in the earth. And so fish is associated with Ephraim and Manasseh scattered into the nations of the world and the blessing that it's upon them to be fruitful and fill the earth. And so that's the deeper meaning of the fishes. Why? 153. Well, from the book Numbers in Scripture by E.W. Bollinger, he will explain the significance of the number 153, that using Hebrew gematria, this is the numerical value of the phrase sons of God. Now, what is Hebrew gematria? Well, every Hebrew letter has a numerical value associated with that Hebrew letter. So every word in Hebrew is going to have a numerical value. And the numerical value of the phrase sons of God in Hebrew, which is B'nai Elohim, the numerical value of that in Hebrew is 153. So what Yeshua at a deeper level was teaching his disciples that I'm going to be sending you out in the nations and you're going to be proclaiming that I'm the Messiah, you're to follow my Torah, and I'm going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and bring them back to the land. Those that believe that message are going to be caught in the net, and they are fish that are caught, and when they're caught and believe the message, they become sons of God. They become disciples of Yeshua the Messiah. They become 153. And so this is the deeper meaning of this event that we are looking at here in John chapter 21. That literally 
literally the disciples of Yeshua were fishing. And literally there was a moment when they didn't catch any fish. And literally when Yeshua instructed them that they literally caught 153 fish, but it has a deeper, significant spiritual meaning. The exiles of Israel are likened unto scattered sheep. Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 17. Israel is a scattered sheep. Now Israel here is referring to the northern kingdom. The lions have driven him away. First, the king of Assyria has devoured him. That is, took him into exile. And last, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who took the southern kingdom captivity. Feed my sheep means tell them that I'm the Messiah, teach them the Torah, and that I'm going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and end the exile. John chapter 21, verses 14 through 17. This is now the third time that Yeshua showed himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Yeshua said to Simon Peter, feed my lambs. And he said to him again the second time, feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, feed my sheep. So what Yeshua was telling Peter in feeding his sheep, the sheep is the nation of Israel. The way you feed them is you tell them who the Messiah is. You tell them how to follow his Torah. And you tell them that there's good news, that they're not going to spend eternity in exile, that they're going to be gathered back to the land of Israel by the Messiah. Lastly, then in this session, we're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood and see how this at the deeper meaning is associated with the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Mark chapter 5 verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. So why are we told that she had an issue of blood for 12 years? Why not 5? Why not 15? Why not 20? Why 12? Well, 12 is going to represent the 12 tribes tribes of Israel. So when she has an issue of blood, according to the Torah, she is unclean. And this describes the spiritual status of the exiles of Israel for departing from the Torah. As we can see in Ezekiel in chapter 36 and verse 17, said a man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. In Mark chapter 4, verse 25 and verse 26. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years and she suffered many things of many physicians and she had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. So on a deeper level the physicians that she went to was other gods. It was seeking other cures for her condition besides believing in the lawgiver, Yeshua the Messiah, and returning to his Torah. In Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 22 it is written Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 4 verses 12 and 13 it is written. These are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, your bruise is incurable and your wound is grievous. There is none to plead your cause that you may be bound up. There are no healing medicines. So the situation with the exiles of Israel is they are spiritually unclean and no matter where they go to try to be healed of their condition, they can't find the healing. And so that is the connection here and how the woman with the issue of blood is likened unto the nation of Israel and departing from the Torah being scattered in the nations of the world. So how then did the woman with
with the issue of blood get healed of her infirmity. In Mark in chapter 5 verse 27, when she had heard of Yeshua, she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. Now on the corner of his garment is known as Zitzit and it's commanded that the children of Israel wear Zitzit in Numbers in chapter 15 in verses 37 through 40. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the border of their garments throughout their generations that they may put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue and it will be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which you used to go whoring that you remember and do all the commandments and be holy unto your God so the purpose of wearing zitzit on the corner of your garments is to cause you to remember to keep the commandments and not do what you want to do. And the woman with the issue of blood who represents the spiritual status of the exiles of Israel for departing from the Torah, their healing is to return to the Torah or to grab hold of the corner of the garment, the zitzit. In Mark chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, it goes on to explain, for she said, if I may touch his clothes, which on the deeper meaning means following Torah. If I will follow his Torah, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. The plague is, spiritually speaking, a reference to the exile of the nation of Israel into the nations of the world. Yeshua is glorified when he gathers and unites the twelve tribes of Israel. Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 3, and he said, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. The God of Israel is glorified through the gathering and uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 2 and verse 10. They will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. What is seeing the glory of the Lord? And the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion. So the ransom of the Lord, the house of Jacob in exile in the nations of the world, when they return and come to Zion, when they return to the land of Israel, that is associated with seeing the glory of the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, it describes the Gog-Magog war. And in the defeat of Gog and Magog, this is the result in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21, verse 23, 25, and 27. I will set my glory among the heathen, and the heathen will know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. When I brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. So the gathering of the exiles of Israel is associated with I will set my glory among the heathen and my name will be sanctified in their sight. Yeshua returns when the exiles of Israel are gathered. Psalm 102 verse 13. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. When the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. Yeshua is going to be glorified. Yeshua is going to appear in his glory when he builds up Zion. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the 
outcasts of Israel. Well, that's going to conclude part 14 of the series on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.